Hey dudes, this is The Big Game. I'm your host, Justin Hargett. Almost every pennant race this season in the major leagues has been wrapped up. The Mets have won the NL East. The Blue Jays are running away with the AL East. And almost the entire playoff field is set, including the wildcard matchups. That is, until you get into the AL West. The Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros still have one series left between them to determine who will walk away with the title. The landscape has really changed in the last two months. Previously here on the podcast, we were discussing the Astros and the Angels and their battle for first place in the West. And the Texas Rangers were an afterthought. They were eight, nine games behind at the All-Star break. But with the acquisition of Philadelphia's ace Cole Hamels, the Rangers have propelled to the front and now have a a four-and-a-half game lead over the suddenly failing Houston Astros. Joining me to discuss Game 1 in the series is Jeff Wilson. He's a beat writer for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. He very kindly recorded our podcast from Minute Maid's press box just before the start of today's Game 2. You can follow all of his coverage of the Texas Rangers on Twitter at Jeff Wilson underscore FWST. Hopefully our conversation will get you in the mood for October baseball because I think you'll be seeing a lot of the Texas Rangers very soon. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the big game. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So the Texas Rangers clobbered the Astros in Houston last night. Uh, it was the first game of the final Lone Star State Series this year. They've now taken the AL West division lead to four and a half games with nine to play. Giovanni Gallardo survived pitching just four and two-thirds innings, um, but he was able to hold Houston to just two runs. Uh, and then the offense came from everywhere. They had uh, Shinsu Chu knocked in three RBIs. Um, and so given the Rangers' recent four-game sweep of the Astros a couple weeks ago, did you know right from the, you know, the first inning that the Rangers were going to win this game? No, I, I didn't. Um, the, you know, the, 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 sweep, the sweep in Arlington, um, uh, which was surprising to me also, but um, the, the Astros aren't very good on the road. They're, they're, they're really not a good road team. Terrific at home. And so uh, coming into this series, I thought, you know, and, and it's still possible, but that the Astros would go two out of three, um, especially with left-handers going, Casimir and, and Keuchel in the, in the series. But um, so, so, no, going into the game, I thought, you know, anybody could win. And I, I kind of thought that the pitching matchup uh, favored Houston. Uh, Gallardo has been, uh, I don't know the best way to say it, he, he navigates through trouble, but he doesn't, you know, he, he builds up his pitch count and, 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 and he just doesn't go deep in games. He hasn't pitched more than seven innings since June. So, you know, this is a veteran guy that knows what he's doing, but also a really stressful inning. So anyway, no, I, I thought the Astros had, had uh, maybe even the advantage going into last night's game. Yeah, you know, both of these guys, Scott, Scott Casimir too, they, they looked like they were – crafty pitchers pitchers that were you know a lot of i think there was one point where casimir threw four straight breaking balls to somebody and then he just couldn't put him away with the fastball but they they just felt like they had a lot of difficulty getting out of the innings you're you're, you're right and but i mean we, we've watched this from gallardo all year long like he for instance uh uh at some point last month uh, toronto came to, to arlington and, and he uh he he pitched five scoreless innings but man it, it was a labor and and uh uh, it it was it was grueling to watch, but you know he 
he, he didn't give up any home runs to Batista, Donaldson, or Encarnacion, and and uh, the Rangers ended up winning the game. Uh, I thought Casimir was hurt at one point last night, and I, apparently uh, ESPN was speculating about that as well. I mean, he just completely abandoned his fastball, and um, the Rangers played Seattle uh, a, f- a few weeks, not, not a few weeks ago, not, not that long ago. It was last Sunday, as a matter of fact, and uh, Felix Hernandez was throwing a lot of breaking balls and, and ended up having elbow stiffness. So uh, I, I kind of had the same curiosity about Casimir there because it just wasn't the way he normally pitches. The one really impressive thing to me about Gallardo is that he was able to limit Houston to just that one home run. It feels like when you watch the Astros, you know, they have the ability to go off for, you know, three or four or five home runs and, and just kind of just have that big inning that either gets them back into a game or propels, you know, them so far forward that they've got it locked up. Um, so I thought that was really impressive. And then and there was another stat that I, um, I was watching the Rangers broadcast on the MLB app. And uh, the commentators mentioned that Gallardo is the first time he's had more than five runs of support all season. Is that? I, yeah, could, I couldn't believe that that was true. Yeah, I, I couldn't either. And um, if you if you the, that was in the the Rangers game notes, and if you'd look at it, it had only happened twice that that uh, two pitchers in like the last twenty five years that had gone through uh, a season uh, like that. Um, and it's kind of ironic, I guess, that he gets the run support, but then he doesn't end up qualifying for the win. But yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, you look at his ERA; it's 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 three four. When you look at the All Star break, it was uh, I think it was somewhere around two six or two seven, and he was a candidate for the All Star team. At the trade deadline, teams had interest in him. The Dodgers and, and Blue Jays had interest in him, and the, and the Rangers really considered trading him, but they held on to him because uh, you know they thought maybe they could make a push after they got Hamels. But, yeah, um, and a guy that pitches, you know, 30-plus games a year is always a valuable yeah, asset. sure. I mean, you know what you... The, the, the Rangers know exactly what they're getting from Giovanni Gardo at this point, and um, it's not always pretty, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to tax the bullpen, but for four to six innings, it's going to be pretty effective, and in a short series, if the Rangers are going to make the playoffs, uh, that's not the worst thing to have. You know, you, you don't play three in a row... Um, in the first round. So, you know, the bullpen's not going to get too worn out. Mm -hmm. So Adrian Beltre and Prince Fielder, I think, are generally the known quantities in this lineup, at least for, you know, fans that don't follow the Rangers all of the time. Those are the two names that kind of everyone knows. Um, Shinsu Chu had a really great game last night. But who are some of the other unsung heroes on this Rangers team that we should be watching as we head into the playoffs? Well, I I think uh, it starts with uh, Mitch Moreland, who... Um, is a better defender than Prince Fielder. That's why Prince Fielder is now a DH. But, uh, you know, Moreland leads the team in home runs, not Fielder, not Beltre, not Chu. And uh, he, he's really stepped in um, with this opportunity to, to face left-handers. And, and really, he, he's shown uh, that he can hit them. You know, throughout his career, that's kind of dogma. And, and, and a lot of people thought he's a platoon player, somebody like uh, maybe Garrett Jones of the Pirate, or I guess he's with... Uh, the Marlins now, but hell, he might be with the Yankees. I lose track of him, but but that kind of player, a guy who who uh, left-handed power, uh, pretty pretty capable defender. But as soon as a lefty comes in, you pitch it for him. But but Marlins kind of uh, getting rid of that uh, label as the platoon guy, and and really he, he was a guy that the Rangers almost non-tendered before the season. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, he was coming off a foot injury. He had been pretty unproductive uh, the last full season he'd had, and 
Um, you know, his inability to stay healthy, really the, the Rangers were, were considering the, the, that a liability and they needed somebody more, more steady and dependable. But he always had, he's always had the power. If you, when he hits home runs, boy, he's, he, he doesn't, he doesn't get cheated. And, uh, I, I think that's kind of what kept him around power, such a, a, a rare commodity in the game these days. And, um, but so I'd, I'd watch more. I'd also would watch, um, Thomas Andrews is coming a little bit. Odor, who who was awful in April, like Shinsu Chu, but he got sent down the minors and came back, and he's been he's been a 300 hitter since. And then the you know the the thing that I think shocks everybody the most is that Delano de Shields, a guy who played in Double A last year and hit 237, is the catalyst for the offense. Uh, when, when he scores a run, the, the Rangers uh, are. Are, their, their record's phenomenal, and, and they score um, like two more runs a game when he does score a run than when he doesn't. So he, he's, he's really the surprise of the season in my estimation. Yeah, he overtook somebody, was it about halfway through the season? Yeah, uh, Leonis Martin um, was the, the leadoff hitter, opening day center fielder, terrific defender. Uh, he got hurt in the May series at Houston, just like a four or five day wrist sprain deal, and the Shields played, and that was it. I mean, they they would they platooned there in May, and 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 slowly but surely, uh, aside from a, an injury that the Shields had in June and early July, he was the guy. And then ultimately, they just send Leonis down uh, to AAA because he wasn't getting any at bats, and they thought they might need him for September. And he ended up getting hurt, but um, yeah, it, it, it's it's been really. Like I said, no nobody expected this from the Shields. No, yeah, he seems I don't, I don't like, think the Astros expected it when they didn't protect him in the Rule Five draft. I don't. I'm, Rangers de- definitely did not expect this. Yeah, he seems like the ultimate hustle player, as people like to say. I mean, when he, I think it was a play where he stretched a single, like what could have easily just been a single into a double, just with his like insane speed around the bases. I thought was really impressive. I could see how it could yeah. be the real spark plug of the team. Sure, and then uh, you know it comes in, it comes into play a little bit defensively. He's still a little raw, uh, tracking uh, running routes. I think his arms are not great, but he's got those legs, and they're a difference maker. They really are. Uh, and you know, if it, if this was a different team, he'd probably run more. Uh, the Rangers don't want him stealing bases and then leaving a base open ahead of uh, you know for Chu to get pitched around or Fielder or Belzer to get pitched around. So. Uh, his 23 steals that he has, I think that's what it is. Really could be more if he was with a different club. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so about two months ago, the Rangers were eight games behind the Astros and the Angels. Uh, and it's kind of funny because I did a podcast um, with an Astros beat writer about that series because those were the two teams that were really battling for the AL West after the All-Star break. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, what what is it about this Rangers team? Was it just the Cole Hamels trade? Uh or was there something else that kind of ignited this resurgence and this all of a sudden this you know month and a half two month turnaround to to take first place and really have you know you kind of have the uh, the division in your in your own uh, destiny? Yeah, you know the w- w- within the Cole Hamill trade uh, was Jake Diekman, and he uh, you know he's a tall, lanky, lefty, throws harder than heck. Uh, Sam Dyson was, was acquired the same day, a reliever from uh, Miami, and he, he's another hard thrower, uh, sinker ball, power sinker. Those two guys have revolutionized the Rangers' bullpen. Um, 
you know, Sean Tolleson's been steady ever since he got the, the closers job. But, um, yeah, but, but, but ahead, ahead of Tolleson, it was, it was uh, Tanner Shepard and, and Ross Allendorf and uh, Sam Freeman. I mean, guys that just didn't have the experience in A uh, and B weren't, weren't very good. So these two guys, ever since the Rangers got in their bullpen, has been fantastic. If you look at the numbers this month, they have a 187 ERA in the bullpen. They lead the major leagues, and that's uh, a huge difference. Now, obviously, Hamels, the Rangers have won his past uh, eight starts. Uh, that that can't be ignored. <laughs> but uh, really, the the overlooked thing is that a Deakman was in that Hamels trade, just kind of as a throw-in at the time. A lot of us thought, and then Dyson, a deal right before right before the deadline. I mean, they barely snuck it in. And they've just—they've uh, really changed the complexion of the team. I gotta say that, that Ollendorf's uh, his classic old-school windup is just amazing to watch. Oh, it's fantastic! Like, yeah. I haven't seen a pitcher like that in such a long time. Yeah, like a hundred years. I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> but and, and he—he's you know, from—he's uh, from uh, Lockhart. There, uh, well, he—he's from Austin, but it's, uh, he lives in Lockhart. His, his family owns a cattle ranch, and and he went to Princeton, and he major. He, he wrote his. Uh, uh, I don't know. Final, final paper. I don't know what what it, the technical term is. Yeah, yeah. on uh, on on like ranch management. So I mean, this is a this is a smart guy. Very simple. And uh, if he could stay healthy, he could be a really he he would have been a really good player for these guys. And he might. He may end up in uh, on the playoff uh, roster the way he's been pitching lately. Yeah, like you're saying, the Rangers bullpen. I mean, Gallardo only pitched basically four innings, four and two-thirds innings, yeah. and then the rest of the bullpen really just carried them through, uh, and that was, and, and they just made Houston look not that good, like they, ne- like they were never threatening for the rest of the game, pretty much. Right, uh, uh, no walks and three hits, so, and four and a third, that's, that's pretty, pretty good relief for Um As an outsider, what's your perspective on the Astros right now? I mean, they've really fallen off. Do you think that, A, that they're going to survive and still make it into the wild card? And if they do, do they even have a chance? You know, it, it's it's hard to. They're I mean they're reeling. I mean they're there's just no doubt about it. I mean they they are they are going the wrong direction. I think I think a lot of it is uh, inexperience. You know, this is a, a team with a bunch of young guys uh, that has never been there. And and uh, you know, there's something to be said for knowing how to survive in September and how to win in September. Uh, I, I think that's part of it. Uh, you know, I, I really think, and, and you know, there have been a number of stories written about it. You know, the, the, the offense is make or break. You know, these guys are either going to strike out or hit home runs. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, they're easy to pitch to. If, if you execute your pitches, then you, you then you can get around this lineup. And I think right now that that uh, the teams they're playing are, aren't making mistakes. And, um, you know, Gallardo made one to Valbuena, and Valbuena hit it a mile. But uh, the rest of the, the rest of the game, and really the series uh, in, in Arlington, the Rangers' starting pitchers uh, have, have dominated, and uh, so and, and it's not just the Rangers. I mean, uh, you, you you know what the the Ashes have done this month. It's been really terrible, and um, you know the time is unfortunate. But a lot of people think that that you know this might have been inevitable. That that. Uh, you know, teams are going to solve them. The, the Carlos Gomez thing really hurts because, yeah, I, yeah Colby Rasmus is, is a terrible player in my opinion, <laughs> and uh, yeah, awful outfielder. 
And uh, he, that, looks that, like uh, a, he looks like a WCW wrestler from the 90s. That's a recycling <laughs> from my last podcast, but I think it's so true. It's pretty good. But the, the game that the Angels won um, Wednesday, you know, the, the, the David Freeze double, that ball's got to be caught. Yeah. And um, I, I think that if Marisnik, let's say, is the left fielder, uh, 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 definitely a better defender than, than he goes and gets it. So are the Rangers going to wrap up this series then? I mean, the worst-case scenario, they leave with a two-and-a-half game lead over the Astros uh, if they drop the next two, um, which seems unlikely that they'll drop both of them anyway. Uh, do you think that they're, they're going to you know, take the division? And if so, how are they going to match up in the playoffs? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of this series, but, uh, I mean, the, the, numbers, the numbers are just going to catch up to, to Houston or the Angels, whoever's behind them, because uh, uh, the, you know, the magic number can disappear just like that. And, and, um, but but yeah, a, a Rangers win today or tomorrow would, would definitely wrap things up, in, in my estimation. Uh, and, and, you know, you, they're going to go to the playoffs, um, if they play Toronto, I think that's going to be a problem for them yeah, because a Toronto is very good at home. But um, you know the Blue Jays kill left-handers, and, and the Rangers um, are going to have at least two left-handers uh, in their playoff rotation. They're not going to start in the first two games, so um, I don't I don't like that matchup for them. But you know home field advantage right now it's it's only one game. Uh, the, the Royals are reeling. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Kansas City ended up uh, as the without the best record and would be the the, the Rangers or the AL West winners uh, opponent in the first round, and that's that's definitely a better matchup for the Rangers in my opinion. Um, you look at the lineup: uh, Gordon, Mustakas, uh, Hosmer, left-handed hitters. Uh, that that would favor the Rangers. Uh, no power. The Royals doesn't have any power. Their bullpen is in disarray with Greg Holland out for the year. So, uh, and, and they're just not playing good baseball right now, the Royals. So maybe they can flip the switch. I don't know. But I, I think the Rangers would, would be better suited against uh, the, the Royals than the Blue Jays. Yeah, after just watching this game, it seems like they have not only the power, but the bullpen. And, and you know, once you get Hamels in there and, and, and some of the other starting pitchers, that the Rangers really, it seems like, this is a this is a doable feat. It's not like the Mets in the in the NL where we're kind of lucky to back into the playoffs a little bit, uh, and our pitching's kind of going down, and and you know we're probably going to get beat by the Dodgers in the first round. But you know it, it looks like the Rangers really have everything set up to succeed in the postseason. Yeah, they're they're in a good spot, and they're they're you know they're playing their best ball at the right time. I mean that's. It's kind of a cliche, but it's true in this case. I mean, you know, that's what they've done this month. You look at what they've done, in, um, you know, on the road, at home, against good teams, against bad teams. They're, they're doing what they're supposed to do, and, and uh, time couldn't be better. All right, so before you get out of here, Jeff, can you tell us a little bit about Ken Rosenthal's bow tie cause? I know that's really yeah. close to you. Yeah, yeah people watching the, the game Saturday will see uh, – Kent wearing a, a blue bow tie with uh, orange, what are orange glasses, like a you know, glasses, reading glasses, mm -hmm. uh, all over the bow tie. It's uh, for the Do It For Durek cause, um, which I'm a I'm a board member. Um, go to www.doitfordurek.com to learn more. But uh, Richard Durek was a, a beat writer for uh, the Rangers, at ESPN Dallas, and he passed away suddenly 
last June, June of 2014, and he left behind a uh, wife, two young kids, and, and his wife was pregnant. Mm. And so uh, uh, the community, the, 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 the baseball media community got together. We threw a, a, a big fundraiser uh, at, at Billy Bob's. People know Billy Bob's up in Fort Worth. Uh, we raised the family two hundred thousand dollars, and we um, and and the Rangers contributed money. I mean, it was a beautiful thing, and uh, uh, we decided that we wanted to keep it going, and so we created this foundation. Uh, we we had in our event this year. We raised one hundred sixteen thousand dollars for a family uh, in the Metroplex that was going through uh, something similar that, that Richard was going through, mm-hmm. and, and that's the the goal of our foundation is to help families that have had uh, a, a sudden loss of a of parent, and uh, so. Um, it's a great cause, you know, and obviously I'm biased, but uh, I think any of us who have children and, and are, would, would be in uh, Richard's wife's shoes, Kelly, you know, we, we would want help and uh, hope that, that people are looking out for us. And, and Richard was such a kind-hearted guy. You know, you, you hear people say, no, this is the, you know, this guy's the nicest guy. Richard was the nicest guy. Mm-hmm. And so it was also a, a way to carry on his legacy and, and uh, uh, the, the the good thing about today's game is that both these teams were in contention and that uh, Ken Rosenthal's here to wear the, the tie. He was going to wear it anyway, no matter where he was, but it's kind of kind of nice that it ended up being this game. Yeah, that's great. That sounds like a really fantastic cause. And can you give us the website for that again? Yeah, it's uh, doitfordurrett.com. Uh, Durrett is spelled D-U-R-R-E-T-T. Uh, yeah, you can uh, go there if you, if you want to. Uh, buy the bow tie. Bow ties are available, or you can uh, uh, make a make a donation um, right, right there online with your little credit card. So, All right, fantastic. Uh, yeah. All, All right. right. Well, thanks, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming on to talk about the Rangers and the Astros. Uh, and then, you know, good luck to your team out there today. All right. Appreciate it, Justin. Take it easy. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Big Game. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave a review if you like what you hear. Check out our website, biggamepod.com, to listen to all of our previous episodes, including our Astros-Angels coverage from earlier in the season. Follow the Big Game on Twitter at BigGamePod, and stay tuned for more next week here on The Big Game.